the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, this week is a kind of uh, uh, celebration of sorts on Sirius Radio. <laughs> we won't take our competitor seriously, but um, as I'm sure a lot of you already know, uh, this is the debut, this Monday, this yesterday, was the debut of Howard Stern on Sirius, and um, my guest today is the man who Howard Stern referred to when he said, this lunatic lawyer in Miami got me off the air. So it's because of this lunatic lawyer, who's my guest, whose name is Jack Thompson, um, that you now have to pay 13, I've heard different, I've read different uh, amounts, somewhere between 13 and $16 a month to hear Howard Stern, if that indeed is what you want to do. Um, my guest and I, who you've probably heard uh, on this show before, he's been a guest several times, and in fact, um, as we'll talk about, uh, he was on my show when a pivotal event happened that I think trickled down led to the Howard Stern um, obscenity scandal and his being kicked off the air. But uh, we agree, Jack Thompson and I agree, on the most important <laughs> issues which have to do with media violence, and we'll be talking about the video game industry and what it holds in store for 2006 in terms of violence. Um, but we don't really agree on Howard Stern 100%, so we'll get into that. Welcome to the show again, Jack. Thank you, Carol. Good to be with you. I love that quote that you have on, oh, yes, on the cover of your book, which I need to uh, mention. <laughs> I wanted to mention that. Um, it's called Out of Harm's Way. It's a right. new book. We'll be talking about that as well. Thank but you. I think that's a great, you know, most people, of course, put things on their, on their uh, covers of books that are people saying what a great book it is and all that. But nothing could, could say it better than, and I'm sure Howard, I wonder, have you gotten any reaction from um, anyone who knows Howard oh. Stern? Oh, just the people that uh, want to prove to me Howard has no effect on their behavior or who th call me and threaten to kill me. Uh, <laughs> I that's, see. That's my favorite approach. Uh, Howard, Howard is a great guy. He's a wonderful humanitarian. And by the way, I'll kill you if you don't agree with me. <laughs> um, no. Uh, I mean, I wonder how he feels about, you know, your being able to use that actually as a good thing. Well, Howard's afraid of me, quite honestly. Um, it's funny, on his first day on Sirius, he criticized David Lee Roth, who's his replacement on Infinity, uh, taking over the Stern uh, seat uh, on the syndicated show, and he, uh, Roth wouldn't talk to him on the air and so forth. He said, you know, if you really have courage, you ought to be willing to talk to your detractors on the air. Well, uh, I contacted Howard at least 40 times after I got him off Clear Channel, after I got Clear Channel fined a half a million dollars, and also I was part of the $3.5 million consent decree 
that the FCC entered into uh, with with Infinity to stop the indecent broadcast, which basically did stop. Uh, but Howard wouldn't wouldn't talk to me, wouldn't allow me on the air because he's afraid of me. Howard is afraid of people who are armed with the truth about what he does and also can point out what the First Amendment protects and what it doesn't. And, and let me just say this, if I don't say anything else in this interview, which you're gracious to, to grant me, uh, let me just quote the, first, the real First Amendment. It says that the right, this is part of it, the right of the people to petition the government for a redress of grievances shall not be abridged by Congress or by anybody else. And what that means is that the, the purpose of the First Amendment, among other things, is to enable the people to pass laws uh, to use the public square to discuss what those laws ought to be or what government action or public action ought to be or not be. And once those laws are passed, to encourage the government to enforce those laws. And so what Howard doesn't like is the First Amendment because what Congress did, and you and I can disagree about this, obviously, uh, and do, but the First Amendment uh, uh, protects the fact that, the, that Congress passed 18 U.S.C. 1464, which says that it's a crime punishable by two years in prison to broadcast indecent material on the public airwaves. And, of course, Howard has done that. Uh, I, my fines that I've gotten and others have gotten have proven that. And, in fact, Chairman Sensenbrenner of the House Judiciary Committee said, I think correctly, that the real mistake that the FCC made with Stern was to focus um, solely on what they could do in a regulatory way and instead should have made referrals to the Justice Department for Stern to be prosecuted criminally for his serial broadcasting of indecent material. But now, of course, he's on on satellite subscription service radio, which is accessible only if you pay a fee. But what I pointed out on CNBC and elsewhere and in a Houston Chronicle article that appeared Monday, yesterday, is that the obscenity laws federally and statewide are still on the books, and if Stern airs an obscene show, which is uh, uh, still uh, contraband, even if bought for by adults, then um, he should be prosecuted for that. Well, but you know, it's it's that isn't the part of the First Amendment that people generally cite or think about. No, um, it's uh, you know it, it, we think of that as freedom of speech and therefore freedom to to speak obscenities. Well, but that uh, obscenities, profanity, maybe profanity. But, but 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 here's let me define obscenity yes. the way the law defines it. I think that's important. Um, it's the Miller versus California. Test all good things come out of California, Carol. You know that, um, and it's a three-prong test. And it says if the material, number one, appeals to the purient, that is the uh, morbid or sexual interest of the consumer of it. If number two, it is below the local community's standard for that material, and it can be a national standard or a statewide standard. And then finally, the third prong: if the work taken in its entirety, is without any serious literary, political, scientific, or artistic content, then if all three prongs of that test are met, it's obscene. My reading of Stern's first show, and there's a guy who needs to get a life, it's called marksfriggin.com is the web mm-hmm. website, and he transcribes, he must be a court reporter, every word just about of the yeah. show. It was an obscene show. The Chicago Tribune said it was an obscene show. And therefore, um, at least 
the legal construct is if you're broadcasting that or distributing it by other means, it, it's, uh, it can be prosecuted. Okay, but um, there's a different standard how can you explain the different standards between broadcast or are you trying to say that there isn't a different standard between... No there isn't. No, I'm saying what I'm saying is and and, and let me say it's it may be a long shot that anybody will prosecute Stern although I I can tell you uh I could see a prosecutor in uh in uh, Alabama uh a local prosecutor who's uh, uh got a certain different political Right. A calculation to make than they do in Washington, and I've asked the Justice Department to take a look at whether or not Stern should be prosecuted. It's kind of like a no-lose situation in Alabama, and I've spent a lot of time in Alabama in the last few months uh, for a local prosecutor to say, you know, um, Howard has downloaded this obscene show into my jurisdiction, and I'm going to listen to it, and I think I'm going to prosecute it. And frankly... My my opinion is that would be a good thing because a I think it is obscene and b I think Howard ought to be held accountable ultimately, uh, uh, finally for 25 years of violating uh, uh, federal decency standards and broadcasting this type swill to children. But his, this show yesterday was far far worse than anything he's done on the broadcast media. Well, in the sense that he actually said some of the profanities that he wasn't. That able to say or, or restrict restrained himself from saying. Yeah, but but let me let me be clear on this. The the the, the f bombs that he dropped yesterday and the use of words. Um, I don't think that makes the show obscene. What does make it obscene is, for example, he did live phone sex uh, on the air. He 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 has promised uh, that he's going to have live sex in the broadcast studio and comment on what he's seen and have all the sounds and everything attendant there, too. Now, the problem with Howard now, I think he's going to run into, Carol, and you, you know the dynamics of this by virtue of your, your uh, medical expertise better than I do, but I think he's going to have to continue to push the envelope more and more and more with more and more sexual material to the point where if it's not obscene now, it will be obscene yeah. because he's got, to, he's got to continue to titillate and and uh, push the envelope increasingly in order to keep his audience faithful and yeah. and and so I think that's I think he's going to eventually do an obscene show if it isn't now. Well, although he's he has managed, um, you know, for twenty five years, I guess pushing it little by little, but he has managed to keep an incredible number of people. Oh sure. Um, I mean, apparently, he, it, the Sirius Radio went from six hundred thousand subscribers at the time that they announced that they were going to have. Stern on their uh, on their airwaves or whatever you would call it at, to 3.3 million well, uh, now, yeah, and that is pretty amazing. Well, uh, actually, I don't think so. Let me tell you why. Um, there are a whole bunch of fake bestsellers out there, and I, I may step on some toes here. But when you've got, let's say, you're Bill O'Reilly, and and you do a um, a book uh, that. If you weren't Bill O'Reilly, nobody would read. Yes, but what right. you promote every night for three months on your TV show on the Fox News Channel, you basically fabricate and generate a bestseller. Howard Stern has, for a year, promoted his his exit to Sirius yes. Satellite Radio with free infomercials to his 18 million faithful. My question would be, where did all those faithful people? Okay. Of 18 million in his audience go, he only got 1.6 million. Only one-tenth of his audience as he pulled over there. And by the way, the, the market analyses of this are that, that 
that Mel Carmazan, who used to be his boss in Infinity, better better start attracting more quote unquote talent to Sirius because the assessment is it isn't going to work if Howard is it, and it mm. may not be able to work now because they've spent so much money mm. on Howard that the cash flow just isn't going to be there. Right. So. Well, okay. Um, well, okay, but let's say I mean I don't know. I guess a lot of the people maybe. Maybe a lot of the people couldn't afford the 13 or 16 or were well, protesting about it. Yeah, Mike Savage says it. most of Howard's hardcore live in their parents' basements and don't drive cars. <laughs> now, now, okay, I'll have to get back at you when we come back. Okay. Actually, I do have some questions getting back to the obscenity uh, definition, but we'll get back to that when we get back. <laughs> You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about Howard Stern's debut um, on a new kind of radio and uh, the man who put him there. My guest, Jack Thompson, the author of Out of Harm's Way, so stay tuned. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Information you need, when you need it. VoiceAmerica.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This week on the Dragon Page with Michael and Evo, we've got three authors and one book. No, they didn't all write the same book. They have three stories inside of one book. If you're a writer of short fiction that considers yourself underpublished, take a listen to what we've got to say. All these folks are inside of L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future, Volume 2005, and there's information how you can get in next year. That's this week on the Dragon Page with Michael and Evo. Every Saturday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-346-9141. 
435-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is uh, who Howard Stern called this lunatic lawyer in Miami got me off the air. By the way, what does that say about his lawyers? <laughs> You're right. You know. They weren't lunatics enough. Yeah. All right. Um, first of all, let me just say, because I've been saying that I'm going to disagree with you, I, it's not that I have any um, fantastic admiration for Howard Stern. No, I mean, I, I, I was on his show um, when I was promoting my book, Bad Boys, and I was kind of fun because I had analyzed uh, from his movies and his books, I had analyzed his childhood and was able to analyze what kind of bad boy he was. Right. And was able to, um, uh, you know, and he was kind of at a loss for words. So it was sort of, you know, I mean, he was amazed at how I had sized him up, so to speak. Um, and uh, so... But what, what, the reason why, and, and I've listened to the show, you know, not, not really very much recently and not since it's been on Sirius, but, um, you know, and I, I find it generally distasteful and boring and adolescent humor. Um, he's kind of stuck. That's sort of part of his problem. He's stuck right. in this adolescent world. Right. And um, he's essentially keeping, continuing to do toilet humor as he grows older. Yeah. And, um, and what's, what's sad is he's sort of um, a prisoner of his own, you know, I don't know, um, adolescence, I guess, not only in the sense that he still thinks that that's funny over and over and over again, but I think underneath, you know, there have been, every once in a while, he has shown um, glimmers of, of his intelligence. I mean, I think he shows that all the time. Oh, it's I think just he... kind of... Directed in the wrong way. Yeah, I think he's very bright. And he also has done some really um, good, um, oh, political commentary, satires. You know, when he really, but the problem is that to do all of that, it takes time and thought, and, you know, you have to put a lot of energy into it. And I think he's kind of latched on to this thing, which has been working for him for 25 years, and he doesn't really put in... um, he isn't willing to put in the time and energy to um, and to change his persona. I mean, I guess at this point, he, he's sort of doing what people expect for the most part, so he's not going to totally change the show. But um, it's very sad because I think he could do a, a commentary show that um, where he would have very clever, interesting things to say without one... Uh, without one segment of live sex or um, or profanity. Well, sure, and 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 uh, you and I are in agreement about that. And I think it's uh, I've worked for some people um, uh, like this in this in in this sense, not for a Howard Stern type person, but they're they're geniuses. And I don't know if Stern's a genius, but he's he's very talented in some regards in, in certain ways. And they're almost prisoners of their own talent, and they get lazy, and they right. don't, they don't, uh, uh, you know, to be a creative person, I think a truly productive creative person, you have to continually stretch and, right. and, uh, and, and try new things and try and grow. But Howard is in this arrested adolescent stage where, you know, I've, I've run across people in the media who, um, 
say to me, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're doing. He, in, 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 at least in an artistic sense, they find him troubling because they will listen to the political commentary and they'll listen to the stuff that he's brilliant about. And then when he gets to the uh, lesbian dilatate thing for the 300th time or the female amputee sex contest and so forth, they, they change the channel. So I think... Uh, the, the the real loyal listeners who are have IQs above room temperature. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be unkind, but but they're 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 turned on by Howard's uh, political sa- uh, satire capability and so forth. And and you know I've laughed out loud listening to Stern. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I understand, and I'm not sure Howard fully does understand. I think there's almost a uh, uh, unwillingness or an inability on his part to appreciate his his true. Uh, ability. There's an egomania there, but I don't think there's an adult appreciation of where his real talents are, and I, I think that is tragic, and I think that is sad. But, but quite honestly, all of that aside, uh, I don't, I don't do this because I have some personal vendetta against Howard. I do it, and I have done it, and I, I, I hope people, and this is what the book is about, um, that um, I think these things have consequences. Um, for example, I say to college audiences, listen. Uh, if I'm talking about the censorship issue or the culture wars and so forth, I'll say to them, now, who thinks we ought to have live sex, real sex, on network TV at 8 in the evening? And it's a college campus, so always a few hands will go up. But the vast majority even of college campuses say, no, we don't think we're ready for that. And so then I say, well, then let's not pretend that we can have uh, America without rules, at least to its airwaves, we're just going to disagree about where those rules uh, or where those lines are to be drawn. And and that's my point, that you've got to have rules, I think, about those type things because you can't have total anarchy because if we wipe out the obscenity laws, if we do away with the decency rules passed by Congress that pertain to the public airwaves, then we're going to have that in due course pretty quickly on the public airwaves, and that's unacceptable. Well, we're going to have it on the public airwaves, well, if there's no rules, we, oh, again. if we wipe out all the rules, okay. But, but but the thing that bothers me about this is that I mean, yes, we should have some rules, but at the same time, the part of the First Amendment that says that that talks about freedom of speech, and yes, I know we're not allowed to yell fire in a movie theater and and cause people to storm and out the door li- and get and you can't libel people, and you can't libel people, right? But. I, but I, I do think that that um, that Howard should have been allowed to say pretty much, you know, other than libel. Um, I think that he he should have. I mean, his. Um, I mean, I guess on on regular broadcast radio, his. Um, I don't even remember. It's been that long since I listened to him. But he didn't. He his expletives were were bleeped out, right? Yeah, they were bleeped out. And okay, that's a, so that's then, a good thing. I'm not saying it's not a good thing, but I'm just saying that, and yes, he did have various um, uh, scenarios that you would obviously call obscene, but... Well, indecent. Big difference, though. What's the difference? Okay, the difference is indecency is inappropriate for minors. Obscenity is so bad it's it's even contraband for adults. And okay. and, the, and the reason why there's a difference is is reasonable. Um, the public airwaves, which belong to the public, not to Howard or Infinity or to you and me, but to the public generally, the Congress, I think, in its wisdom, 
decided to regulate content as to sexual material because every parent, I think, understands that there's certain stuff that's appropriate for kids and, and isn't. And if if you think that those rules weren't a good idea, then all you had to do was listen to Howard yesterday, and that's what you would have gotten or worse at 8 in the morning with okay. kids, kids in the audience. So that's, that's the difference then, between then, decency and obscenity. Go ahead. Okay. But, but well, how is it, though, that we do have um, on cable TV, there are t- cable TV channels, yeah. uh, some more mainstream than others. I mean, some right. that you have, have to pay more for, I guess, are, are, are separate Well, the, yeah, the Playboy channel is a little further down the road than uh, HBO, right. let's right. say that. Right, So why is it, I mean, have you done anything, or why do you think that, I, I would imagine you don't think that those are okay either? Well, here's what I think. Um, I don't think I haven't seen anything on cable, and I have cable that that is obscene under Miller versus California. Now I don't get the Playboy Channel, and uh, uh, you know I don't I don't know where they are on the obscenity continuum. But I do know that uh, despite all the expletives uh, uh, that you can see on The Sopranos or Sex in the City and so forth, that's not even close to being obscene material. Uh, constitutionally, in my opinion. Uh, the FCC is talking about this, but are, uh, some people are talking about it, and certain members of Congress, I think, for political posturing. There's no way in the world the FCC is going to start regulating cable or satellite radio as to indecency because, for heaven's sakes, we just went through a calendar year, 2005, in which there wasn't a single decency fine levied by the FCC for anything that was aired on broadcast media. That means radio and TV. And so if you're not going to do anything about what's clearly indecent material that has at times been aired on the broadcast media, you're sure as heck not going to pass a new law. And this is the point Mm -hmm. maybe I need to point out. There are no laws that would enable anybody to prosecute anybody for indecent material aired or, or disseminated on either cable TV or satellite TV. And you've got to have a law for there to be a violation of the law. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the, there's simply no regulation as to content. However, as to obscenity, there is. And so there's a 24-hour, seven days a week ban on obscenity in any medium whatsoever in America, whether it's satellite or adult bookstores or, or cable TV or whatever. And that's what I'm talking about. And it, it, we may disagree, and it may be that Howard's uh, broadcast or uh, uh, satellite transmission yesterday was not obscene but i think he'll get there pretty quick because he's he's promised uh, as to what he's going to do it looks like obscenity to me and indeed um this whole serious thing is driven uh by howard at least says by his willingness to put in uh, uh sexual material out there on a, on an uh every day Yes, I mean, I guess people wouldn't necessarily, the people who came over there in order to hear Howard Stern wouldn't necessarily be doing that or wouldn't likely be doing that for his brilliant political commentary. Well, there Because be... they could hear that, you know, I mean, not his, but they could hear similar kinds of things elsewhere. Yeah, so, they I mean, may, you know, some may. Uh, I think he's going to disappoint them, and I, I think, uh, as we were saying earlier, some of his fans, that's what they'd prefer to hear. Right. But I don't think they're going to hear much of it. So, okay, so, but to get back to the yeah. obscenity definition that you gave us a little while ago. Right. Um, well, that, that, that the Supreme Court gave us. Well, right. But yeah. the, <laughs> oh, 
I mean, it you isn't my, my definition. Yes, oh, right. By the way, in the, in the break, it occurred to me, I want to make sure people know that any fines I get, got against Howard Stern, I didn't get a penny of those, nor should I. I do this pro bono, meaning for the good. Uh, the fines go to the federal treasury, not to me. So, anyway, okay. go ahead. Yes, that's a good clarification. Um, and I know we're going to actually have to go into another break now, but um, I just wanted to question whether it actually would meet each of those three standards, the national um, state of, of what's considered obscene right. and whether it doesn't have any redeeming value. I mean, obviously, he would say um, that it has a lot of redeeming value. But we can uh, start that's talking what, about that. That's why we... he wouldn't be on my obscenity jury. <laughs> well... <laughs> All right, we'll get back into this when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Jack Thompson. He's the author of Out of Harm's Way. We're talking about Howard Stern's debut on satellite radio and uh, what it means, <laughs> not just in regard to Howard Stern, but to the future of our country and free speech. We're disagreeing about this. Stay tuned. Come back. We'll... See you again after the break on Dr. Carol's Couch. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you feeling stuck in some part of your life? You might have some crust busting to do. Crust is anything that you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Step into the crust-free zone with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and get ready to do some serious crust-busting. Join us on Thursday mornings on voiceamerica.com at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for crust-busting your way to an awesome life. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Cutting edge. Challenging. Stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard's Shoebox. 
heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, poor Richard Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time, as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Business. Sport. Religion. Legal. Pets. Entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Jack Thompson, the author of Out of Harm's Way. On the front jacket of that book, it says, This lunatic lawyer in Miami got me off the air. And that was Howard Stern, and that's what we're talking about today. And we can, there's so much to talk about. We can move on to some other things, but I do just want to get your response to what I said before the break about um, the the rebuttal to um, two of the obscenity criteria, that is um, that the national standard um, has sunk a lot yeah. and that this might be considered uh, in, in um, sync with that. And then also the idea that, of course, he would say, and there are some who would say that, um, not me in, in this particular regard, but that, that it's artistic and that it does have some redeemable value. I mean, I guess I would say the redeemable value is just being able to say it, to have the right to say it. And, you know, when we were talking during the break, I realized how I have totally the opposite opinion um, in regard to the First Amendment and violence, and we'll get to that in a minute. But what do you think about those two uh, obscenity criteria? Well, uh, let me just not to be overly technical, but the redeeming social value mm-hmm. That's the Roth test that's no longer the uh, statement of the law. Uh, the third prong is that it has to be without any serious yes. literary, political, scientific, or artistic content. Now, one can... Wait, without any serious... Yeah. I mean, for it to be obscene, yes. I was talking about it, it the other way. Yes, I understand, but the, the redeeming social value, that's, a, that's an old standard that mm-hmm. doesn't apply anymore. But, okay. yes, I think... I think um, I think you can art. You could argue that there is certainly a, a certain flair and skill uh, with which Howard uh, conducts a female amputee orgasm contest. <laughs> uh, no, and I'm not trying to be cute. Uh, you know, there's a certain skill there or panache, but I don't think that uh, does away with what at core it is. And and so, for example, uh, no one would question. Uh, in fact, it was state-of-the-art at the time, uh, the propaganda movies that were stunning that Hitler made uh, to promote his Third Reich and the, the propaganda that, that, that the, uh, Propaganda Minister Goebbels put out there to help pave the way for and so- solidify the, the, the horrors of the Third Reich. So you can, you can, in an artistic, persuasive way, do this nonsense, but I don't think that changes what a core it is. I mean, you can have, for example... Um, uh, a very glossy, artfully done hustler magazine 
uh, but it, but that doesn't change what you're depicting and the objectifying that's being done. And so that I guess that's the best response I can give you. Well, okay. And what do you think about the fact that um, and and somewhat you know it's, it's become sort of a self fulfilling prophecy because 25 years of Howard Stern <laughs> has uh, lowered the <laughs> um, moral or you know what what people would consider. Um, uh, prurient or obscene or, yeah. you know, it, I mean, so the standard has been lower than, let's say, and 10 years ago or certainly well, 20 years ago. That's, that's right. And, and, and here's why I object to Stern. Uh, don't just object to him, but, but also want to do something about him. And, and, and you and I know this, but let's share with the audience. Uh, the, the reason, Carol, why you and I, um, are simpatico on so much of this is you and I care about victims. Right. Of sexual abuse, whether the abuser is Michael Jackson, allegedly, or or other purveyors of harm, and so the problem I have with Stern is, and this is my opinion, is not that he has um, a comedic taste different than mine. I believe he's actually uh, a part of the uh, process in which people are more likely to abuse one another because what Stern has done for 25 years is dumbed down uh, American culture in his little corner of it and has has objectified women in unspeakable ways, uh, handicapped children in unspeakable ways. Yeah. The comment he made about African-American women in February of 2004, I certainly can't repeat on your air because it's so hurtful and so over the top and I think that is hurtful. Uh, as to uh, the racial uh, tenor of our society. So I think there's real victimization that he's a part of, and and that troubles me because I do think, in its most extreme forms, hardcore pornography can be used by the perpetrator to uh, rehearse uh, what what he's going to do to hurt other individuals. And by the same token, Stern, in a grander t- context, creates the atmosphere in which this type of thing is more likely to be acceptable, in which women are more likely to be yeah, objectified. that's so, a good point. Um, and, in fact, I mean, you may or may not be aware about the case um, in Thailand. Do, do you know about the recent um, rape and murder of this British young woman in Thailand? No, and it turned out, and it turned out that um, the two men who did it. Um, had just been watching porn uh, movies from well, a boat out off uh, sh- near the shore, yeah. and they well they also were probably taking drugs as well, and they then left their boat and their porn and their drugs, and then raped and and killed a woman, and then went back on the boat and bragged about it. Well, yeah, and uh, gosh, I mean, we could spend an hour talking about the studies that link the consumption of that type of material to that type of behavior. There was there was one study a number of years back that every single uh, sex offender in the Kentucky prison system was a user of hardcore pornography, um, and and you have these incidents where kids consume stuff and then go next door and act it out on the little neighbor girl and so forth. So I, you know, I happen to believe that there there is a causal link between this stuff and that type I, of behavior. I guess, though, that, um, you know, I guess I don't see Howard Stern, though, as being quite as bad as, I mean, yes, you make really good points. He does denigrate um, women, 
especially rate different races, different people with, with disabilities. Yes, absolutely, and it's disgusting. <laughs> but I guess that, that there's a part of me that wants to protect um, one's ability to have um, this freedom of speech just um, that doesn't come in um, when we're talking about violence because somehow... You know, I, I guess maybe because there are so many more people who are perpetrators of violence than there aren't that many Howard Stearns on the radio or on. Yeah, or... But, yeah, but, yeah, but Carol, here's my point. My point is that um, the, to the extent that we, in a broad, widespread uh, societal context, make Howard Stern an icon, uh, we we break down the inhibitions to what goes beyond Howard Stern. In yes. other words, he's part of the he's part of the process whereby mores and what's considered normal are being chipped away at. And 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 I must say Howard Stern is not hasn't missed a meal. I mean he's uh as skinny as he is, he's got literally millions of dollars uh and and that's fine. But the point is he's not a victim of persecution. He hasn't paid a penny in fines. Uh, Viacom Infinity paid those fines willingly mm. because they could defray them in about 20 seconds of, of commercials on his show. On the other hand, the real First Amendment rights of anybody in this situation that have been infringed are mine. Do you know I have <laughs> bar complaints filed against me by really? the lawyers? Oh, yeah, who rep- it's in my book, by the way, which uh, I'll say again, out of harm's way. The, the real hypocrisy on the first amendment uh, first amendment issue is comes from the stern people because it's stern's lawyers and the stations who aired him that have filed bar complaints against me alleging I don't have a first amendment right to say the things that I'm saying on your show and to point out what the laws are and that lawyers are facilitating the breaking of those laws because they have used the bar process to try and wear me down intimidate me harass me and and so I don't have any First Amendment rights according to those people, but Howard has them. So I I I think hmm, we've got to be really? careful. Oh yeah, well read my book, doggone it. Well, as soon as uh, I finish writing my terrorism yeah, book, okay. I will. <laughs> okay, but 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 that's the point. You see, the 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 everything I've done for eighteen years, the legal community, on behalf of the porn industry, has come against me. Um, I don't know if we have time now, but maybe in another show we can talk about how they attempted to have me declared mentally incapacitated by virtue of my obsession with pornography that is so disabling that I'm unfit to practice law, close quote. That came out of the Florida Bar and the Florida Supreme Court. The the happy ending is that I'm now the only officially certified sane lawyer (laughs) in the state of Florida. Uh, Oh, that was back in 1990, and again, it's all recounted in the book, but here's, here's the point. The porn industry, Howard Stern is part of it, will do anything, including intentionally inciting death threats, which we could talk about, against me because I've been saying these things, but they, they, don't, uh, uh, they can't fathom the notion that I have any First Amendment rights, but they have all the First Amendment mm-hmm. rights. So the mm-hmm. hypocrisy on this is, I think, yeah. very extreme. And, in fact, it's the political correct crowd, and you know them, uh, who would rally around a Michael Jackson and so forth uh, because he's black or white. I can't figure out what his race is anymore. Who who think that it's unseemly for someone like you and others to say, wait a minute, we have to protect children here. And okay. and the, so the political correctness that swirls around this stuff and, and is visited upon people like you and me is say, wait a minute, maybe 
maybe something bad is going on here is very hypocritical and very hurtful. Yes, well, you bring out a good point. Has has it well, of been? Of course, I do. <laughs> yes, you always do. <laughs> and there's the break. But maybe when um, we come back, I actually haven't. Um, is that public knowledge that you've been having? I mean, has it been in the media? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that you've been having these death threats. Well, and... that's one. Oh yeah, that's one. In fact, they arrested a kid in Houston uh, a month ago who was a violent video game consumer, and to prove the game had no effect on him, he threatened to kill me. Now, he, they arrested him and put him in jail. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> that's a start. Yeah. Just think of the millions that there might be out there who are well, Howard Stern fans. That's, the, that's a scary <laughs> thought for all of us. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be laughing. I guess, you know, something, I guess the, it, it is serious. Uh, no, well, God, all, what a terrible pun. <laughs> we're, all in, we're all in harm's way because uh, there are people out there that are, whose buttons are being pushed well, for all of us. Well, that's true. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think of that when I speak out against the various people that I speak out against sure. also, but it doesn't stop us. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Jack Thompson, the author of Out of Harm's Way. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it. Hello, this is Rory Goray, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race star. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. 
Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Jack Thompson. He's a Miami attorney who gets in everybody's way, including Howard Stern. We've been talking about that. Let's talk about another bunch of people that you're aggravating that I do agree with you about. Thank you. And that is the video game industry. And um, I, I let me read you um, from the cover of the book. It says, One man's re- relentless crusade to topple media giants and save your kids from video game madness. This book, by the way, um, essentially uh, show, talks about, it's a, I mean, I have looked through it. I haven't read every word, but it's essentially a journey uh, along with Jack Thompson as he goes from year to year um, toppling these media giants of which uh, Stern and, and the people that he worked for uh, were ones. <laughs> um, and in particular, it talks about the video game industry right. and the latest um, involvement or the latest giant that you're trying to topple. It lives in Alabama. Why don't you tell us about that? Sure. Um, and thank you. I, uh, the book really is not a policy book. Nobody wants to read those uh, um, it's, uh, or at least the market form isn't that great. It's, it is a spiritual journey and it's what it's been like, uh, with the stories I tell to be a foot soldier in the culture war. And it's a kind of warts and all. I'm not perfect. You can tell that by listening to me for three minutes. Um, but I think the most dangerous entertainment modality ever created is the, uh, interactive video game. It's, it's potentially brilliant. It's potentially dangerous. It's like nuclear fission. You can use it to generate electricity mm-hmm. or you can incinerate cities with it. So technology is generally neutral. And the problem we have now is that uh, the most popular games out there are the most violent ones, particularly the Grand Theft Auto games that have been coughed up by Rockstar Games, uh, which is owned by Take-Two. And our lawsuit that's in Alabama, which was featured on 60 Minutes and also in Reader's Digest in this last year, is one that arises out of an African-American teen who obsessively, overwhelmingly played the Grand Theft Auto games, which are cop-killing games, and and basically uh, rehearsed the killing of cops on them and then did that with no history of violence, with no history of, of any crime whatsoever. And it, the reason why... Uh, you could say is suggested uh, in a number of ways, but the hard science explains that kids process these games in a different part of the brain than adults do. Supreme Court in the juvenile death penalty case decided in March striking down the juvenile death penalty um, uh, cites the same brain scan studies that we're traveling under in Alabama, but Malcolm Gladwell's uh, book Blink, uh, which is a bestseller, points out that you can train the mind to make either catastrophic or brilliant decisions in a nanosecond. And so the danger Gladwell points out, it's one of the proofs in his book, of, is the video games, which are used by the military, for example, to break down the inhibition of new recruits to kill. And some of the same games that the military is using are being sold to juveniles in this country. And, of course, it has the same effect. It desensitizes kids uh, to kill. 
and it literally gives them killing skills by virtue of the brilliance of interactive media to kill. And the worst example that anyone has come across um, is a game called Bully. In March of 2005, I was on 60 Minutes about this case in Alabama. The next day, I got a call from a mole within Rockstar, and he said, Mr. Thompson, as bad as Grand Theft Auto is, uh, we're, our company is about to come out in a few months with the game Bully, which is a Columbine simulator. It's kids in a virtual reality school bludgeoning their classmates and their teachers to settle scores, to even up the th- uh, things for slights that were visited upon them in the game. And you use bats and slingshots and you dunk their heads in toilets and you body slam them and punch them and, and, and beat them up. Now, this is this is what Klebold and Harris did. And, Carol, with given your expertise, you know the dynamics of it. The, the bully victim can become the bully. Right. And so the danger of this game and all the bullying experts in the U.K., uh, Barbara Coloroso in this country I spoke with the other day, she's a bullying expert, they all are very concerned uh, about the fact that this game is going to be released in April, three days before Columbine. Uh, occurred seven years ago on the seventh anniversary of Columbine. And I had a, 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 an op-ed in the Tacoma, Washington State newspaper on Sunday, which I appreciated because that's Bill Gates's backyard in, in Seattle mm-hmm. area. And Bill Gates, Times Man of the Year, along with two other mm-hmm. folks with Bono and I forget who else, uh, uh, have done the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have done studies on school bullying, and yet really? here, yes, and yet here, Microsoft for its Xbox platform is going to release on the anniversary of Columbine mm-hmm. a Columbine simulator, as is Sony for its PlayStation Two. So this is this is nonsense, and and we've got to stop it. I sued some retailers in in October of this last year. It slowed down the release and delayed it. But uh, they're coming at us in April. Well, it's really, uh, I think we have to do something to stop them. <laughs> um, well, I think you're the one to do it, Carol, quite honestly, and I'd encourage you to think about it. But, but given your expertise and given the knowledge you have and also you're, you're not the incendiary uh, uh, divisive person that I have been uh, in, in some media quarters, I think uh, Carol Lieberman making the case to the nation on uh, 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 cable news or, or network uh, television, that we that this bully game poses a danger to kids everywhere. That you'd be the the perfect person to do that. So well, I, I guess if I uh, stop the Schwarzenegger rocket, I guess well we'll have to team up on it. But it's just I mean you, you know you I know that you delayed it because of this um, the trial and it being the same. Um, uh, company that that makes both the Grand Theft Auto and and I, yeah, and, and there were so many scandals swirling around this country in the fall with the hot coffee sex mod scandal and the embedded sex in Grand Theft yes. Auto. I think they made a, a calculation, wait a minute, maybe we better wait till the coast is clear to yes. release this Columbine simulator, but they're, they're going to release it in April. But you wonder whether they did this in, on purpose in April to think that this was some kind of sick joke, you know, that this is the same month that maybe they can get some extra publicity out of it. Probably. Um, <laughs> probably because they have a history of being the worst. I mean, they covet this position as being the most over-the-top, yes. out-of-control, violent, uh, distrib- violence-distributing video game company in the world. And, yes. and they've they've... 
they've lived up to that reputation. Yes, when you look at their website and the subsidiary websites, they they are so proud of themselves. You know, it's kind of ironic because we were spending, we, we were talking about Howard Stern being arrested, an arrested uh, adolescent. Well, he should be arrested in your view, but I mean, he's arrested in the adolescent stage in regard to sex. And obviously, the people who are um, at uh, this company, um, Take Two and, and Rockstar, are obviously arrested adolescents as well, but arrested more in terms of their uh, proclivities, their um, instincts towards violence, although they have a lot of sex in their games too. So I guess I shouldn't, I mean, it's more, I guess it's the violence that's the most disturbing, but they certainly have a lot of um, obscene. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. we don't, yeah, we don't have time. Their own personal lives uh, that they've recounted have come out of a violent uh, uh, past, and, and I guess they want to share their sociopathy with us. Um, I want to be real quick to point out: I'm I'm uh, I'm a conservative Republican, if you couldn't tell, but I'm working almost exclusively with Democrats on this issue. Joe Lieberman, I've worked with for years on the violent video game thing. I prepped Hillary Clinton through her staff in July about the Grand Theft Auto embedded sex scenes. Um, so it's really not a partisan issue. I think good people in both parties are very concerned that we're basically turning a bunch of kids into Manchurian candidates who are more likely to act out violently because of these murder simulation games than otherwise. Yes. Well, yes. It's, it's, and, of course, to tie it back to terrorism, I mean, in my view, all of this, all of our... Um, Production, uh, which is mainly American, that imports, uh, that exports, excuse me, violence in terms of video games, in terms of movies and television shows, uh, etc. And uh, all of this violence that we're sending out into the world is worse than avian flu. Um, the pigeons you know, are coming home to roost. Aren't yes, they? <laughs> that's a very and good way. And there's another, there's another angle too, and that is uh, fundamental Islamists say that America is exporting this stuff and it, it shows how corrupt our culture is. And if, if with games like Bully, how do we rebut that? Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Always fascinating. Thank um, you, I would encourage all of my listeners to get this book because this is what we've been able to talk about today. It's sort of the tip of the iceberg. It's particularly interesting to uh, listen to, to read about the personal um, difficulties that Jack has had to go through on his journey against the um, media giants in order to topple them. So, uh, Howard Stern, watch out. <laughs> and uh, the rest of you, please um, pay attention to what's, what's going on in these video games. Um, and, Keep your uh, kids away from them. Yes, absolutely. And I think we're going to have to start some kind of a campaign against um, Take-Two and Rockstar to stop this from happening. Uh, but I think that the main thing is to get people to understand just how bad this is before we can we can go against them. Otherwise, I'll just be happy for the publicity. So again, Jack Thompson, thank you very much. The thank book you, is called The book is called Out of Harm's Way, available everywhere, I would assume. Yes. And, uh, and you've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.